0: For my undergraduate degree, I went to a primarily a white institution. And, you know, at that time, it was really what my parents could afford to send me to. And, you know, what was also closer to home at that time. You know, at first I had all these fantasies about... Going away to school. However, whenever it comes down to it, it's very difficult to um, always do that with the finances. And, you know, honestly, as a high school student going to college, I didn't even realize that every college that you went to wouldn't have the major that you wanted, right? So I was just going to college because you go to college. And I went to the college that people around me were going to. Honestly, I thought that I was going to go into medical school. I wanted to be a pediatrician right out of high school. I thought I'm going to go to college and be a pediatrician. And I went to my first molecular and cellular biology course. And on my first test that I studied my heart out for, I made a 32%. And I thought, surely this is incorrect. This must at least be a 32 out of 50. However, when I went to the instructor, he said, no. That is a 32%. And I traced myself right over to the office and (laughs) made sure to withdraw from that course. So I did not have an F on my transcript and really just kind of thought about exactly what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to stay in medicine. And when I started talking to my sister, who was a nurse at that time, and my aunt, who's also a nurse, and I realized what I thought physicians were doing was actually what the nurses were doing so um after a lot of discussion with my family members I decided to uh, change my major I'm very grateful that I went to a college that actually had a nursing program because that could have that could have definitely deterred me it set me back or you know I might have just decided on a major that they actually had You know, I kind of haphazardly went to the university that I went to. It wasn't really a a choice. It was my father saying, "Uh, no, this is what we can afford. This is where you can go. But it ended up being an an excellent school, a very great nursing program. I think I thought it was going to be easier. However, it was not. (laughs) Um, I did still struggle through some of those classes.
1: Welcome to A Nurse First. This is Jamil Norman telling her own A Nurse First story. The first
0: thing I realized when I walked into my classroom was that I was definitely the minority. There were probably only four students in the class who were African-American as well. There was one nursing professor who um, was African-American And I wouldn't actually get to interact with her until I had been in the program for a few uh, semesters. The pressure of being successful and then not having the example in front of you was um, something that I didn't really actually realize when I was going through it. It was difficult because you want to be successful. You already know that you're an example for your other peers. want to go into the field as well not having the support of just having someone that has been through it can relate to what you're relating to now the faculty were absolutely excellent you know it wasn't that the faculty that were there treated me poorly or anything like that you know um, but it's always nice and comforting to have someone that looks like you and represents you be successful, and for you to see that. I think that I would not have struggled as much to have that support, someone in your corner, someone encouraging you, pushing you forward, telling you that you can. It's kind of difficult to put the words around what it means to have someone that looks like you encourage you and be successful and and how much that can change your outlook on yourself and how you can be successful because like I said before it's not that I didn't have other instructors that wanted me to do well but it's just it's something different whenever you see someone who looks like you and and has been through some of the same struggles that you have been through encourage you and help you along. The first interaction that I had, and honestly, when I thought back about it, the only interaction that I had with an African-American instructor in all of my undergrad, graduate, and doctoral, one faculty member in my undergrad, which was at a primarily white institution, but that faculty member was able to make an impact on me. I was also in a class that I thought I did not want to be in. It was psych mental health. And I thought, oh gosh, this is gonna be terrible. This is not what I want to study. But just being in her presence and having her tell me you're doing well. I know that you don't like psych mental health. However, you'll gain skills that you can use in all areas of nursing. I remember just having that time with her in her office to just powwow and talk about clinical, talk about what was going on in my life in general. Me and my other peers that were also African-American felt that comfort because I remember us going into her office together. Being able to be yourself, finding the comfort in seeing her success and her wanting us to be successful meant a lot. I remember just Miss Jenkins going, "You can do this. You're going to you're going to be great," even when I stumbled and I had to repeat a level of nursing school. She's like, "Don't don't let that deter you. You're still going to be an excellent nurse." And I took that with me, and I remember going if I ever become a nurse educator, I also I want to I want to be like her. I want to provide comfort to my students. I want them to be able to relax and feel comfortable around me to open up because if they do that, it will probably help them to be more successful if they have that time to engage with me.
1: Jamil kept that conversation with Ms. Jenkins in the back of her mind while she spent her first few years after graduation working at the bedside in labor and delivery. It was there that Miss Jenkins' influence came to life, and Jamil realized she too could have that impact on future students.
0: That first year transitioning from a student to a first-year nurse is quite difficult. I just remember the struggle that I had in the first three months and trying to acclimate to actually being the nurse. And then it was t- already time for me to precept a new nurse after I'd only been there for three months. And I had a young African-American nurse that was coming on to the labor and delivery unit. And I thought, I don't want her to experience the things that I experienced, the negative aspects. I want her to actually stay here and be happy in her new job. And so I went out on a mission to make her experience a good experience. I took the good things that I learned and i made sure that the bad things the negative attitudes and and things that would pull you down i tried to shield her from that and protect her from that and decided you know i would be her preceptor even though i was still a you know fairly new nurse i realized then that i could be the good example for her and i could do this on a, a on a much broader scope i could actually go back to school to be an educator and do this in the classroom I could have also gone to a predominantly white institution for my master's degree because in the location that I was in, I I actually had a choice. But I thought, what a great opportunity for me to have more interaction with, you know, minority population. And then, you know, if I'm successful and I actually get to work at this institution, then maybe I could be the example for those students. Honestly, the HBCU experience that I received in nursing school still was not the experience that I had wanted. Even though it's a historically black college and institution, I still did not have any African-American educators because there is such a small number of African-American nurses out there. To be able to even teach that um, my interactions uh, with the graduate level faculty, still I didn't have an African-American teacher. However, in that program, the undergraduate students were able to have that experience with undergraduate faculty that were African-American. So that's when I realized that you know, even though you're going to an HBCU for that experience, we have to make sure that we educate African-American nurses and that they are able to represent our culture uh, for all nursing. I just realized how much I wanted to make sure that those students who were going to an HBCU for that experience were actually going to get it it came full circle, it was kind of like the the stars aligned for me to be able to not only go to this institution, but then come back and teach at it as well. I actually gained my mentor while I was working um, at an HBCU. I feel that I met my mentor through Divine Intervention. She um, just decided to move from another university, And I'm so so grateful still till today that she did that because I tell her all the time, you made a huge difference in my life. And so when she came, she was just a faculty member. They were actually trying to recruit more faculty. And she was the first African-American nurse that I had met with a doctoral degree. She was so willing to give her knowledge and she would always always look at me like, you know, you're you're great too, you could do this too. You know, she never made it seem like it was something that I could not attain. Some people that I interacted with would actually tell me that, you know, if you're going to teach undergraduate nurses, you don't you don't need a doctor degree. They weren't looking after me. to to help me move forward in my profession. They wanted me to be stagnant. And so having her come in and say, you know, well, if you want to do that, do it. (laughs) It's just that simple. You want to go to school, go to school. And I thought, I don't know. Like, I don't, do I want to go to school? Am I supposed to go to school? What, what am I, I'm already teaching. Like, what is this going to do for me? She said, just like getting your bachelor's degree opened up doors for you, getting your master's degree opened up more doors for you, getting your doctoral degree will open more doors for you. She's like, if this is what you want to do, if academia is where you want to be, go and get your terminal degree. She always wanted me to be better. I'm just so grateful that she was, she was there. That was a pivotal year. I was kind of struggling with being the youngest faculty and having a lot of older faculty who didn't really respect my education or intelligence because I was younger and felt that they would be able to tell me what I should be doing at work and in my career. She was there and somebody that was knowledgeable and really understood how to ed- your career, and so then the next year she became our dean, and that just opened up even even more opportunities because she was like, if if you want to do it, I will support you. And you know, she was also the person that said, okay, there's money out there for you to get a doctoral degree. You're an African American woman. We need more doctorally prepared African-American women. They're looking for people like you. I'm like, really? Are you sure? People like me? I got my doctoral degree paid for and was able to show my students, you know, because we were in school at the same time. I had students that were in class. I was in class. They understood the struggle that I was going through, and that also encouraged them to continue. Look, she's doing it. Maybe I can do it, too them to to actually be with me through that journey was amazing we call and talk to each other all the time <laughs> we, we are still very connected when I had anything about my career she's the first person that I go to she was also the first person that I went um and presented with and once again I thought I, I'm not smart enough to be the presenter. I'm the person who's in the audience listening to the presenters. And she took me under her wing and she said, no, you have a lot of, you know, information to provide. You should be a presenter we're going to present together. And that was my first presentation. And since then, you know, I've been presenting ever since because she was the person who said, yeah, you, you, you can definitely do this. You can present on any topic you want. She is actually a Fulbright scholar this year and will be going off to Ghana to do her research. And she actually told me, You know, you should think about doing that. I just laughed at her. I said, Me, a Fulbright? You know, it's like, Oh, well, maybe I can do that because, she, you know, she she has always believed in me and has encouraged me.
1: I love that your mentor started you on your research journey and keeps pushing you to want more for yourself. How does your research relate to diversity, equity, and inclusion? And how is that integrated into your classroom?
0: The work that I'm doing in my research, I really believe you can't look at maternal mortality in the African-American community and not think about the scope of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, when you look at the data, the maternal mortality rate for African-American women is extremely high, and um, and we're, we're trying to figure out why. In the United States of America, our mortality rates are worse than some third-world countries. I actually had one of my nursing students uh, pass away when she went to have her baby. And so that even revitalized me and my research trajectory in this area because she was intelligent, she was young, she wasn't poverty stricken. You know, a lot of the things that they will say about African-American women who have poor maternal outcomes is so that they will associate it with poverty, they will associate with low socioeconomics, low education, all these things, but we are seeing that those are not necessarily always the case. When this student passed away and her, t- her child passed away, you know, shortly after her, I thought this is crazy. How is this still happening? Why are we losing healthy women? whenever they go in to have babies. I think that teaching students about, you know, is it that African-American women aren't being heard by their healthcare provider as Caucasian women are, you know, thinking about how is it that this population has a higher mortality rate than another population? What is it? So just having the student think about it from a different perspective of what do you see that is that is different everyone should be getting the same care but obviously there's something different what what is that so having them kind of look at it um you know that evidence-based practice from the dei lens i believe could make some serious you know positive outcomes on maternal mortality because there are a lot of students who probably don't even think about that discrepancy, right? And so they're going in and they're just taking care of their patient. But then now if I'm aware that African-American women have a higher mortality rate, will I go into that room and look closer, listen better, ask more questions? What is it that I can do to make sure that we don't miss something? What we, you know, because obviously we're, we're missing something if African-American women are dying at a more alarming rate than any other population. So I'm actually working on something with my institution to help educate faculty on creating a inclusive teaching environment that is focused on diversity equity and inclusion. And so that is just making sure that you're framing your content in that uh, in in that way. So in nursing we might be talking about bias in healthcare. And so we would we would pull in those elements in the discussion in the classroom so that students can have A conversation about it. And then it is, you know, how can you make sure that explicit bias is not occurring whenever you are uh, taking care of patients, giving them that information and then moving it forward on how they would actually change or how they would implement. You're actually creating a curriculum that is, that, that talks about these things if racism is an issue, why are we not talking about it? How does racism affect uh, healthcare? How does um, racism affect outcomes in, in, in health, right? And so these were our conversations that are important for us to have in the classroom so that there can actually be change by those nurses who are providing care. If we don't discuss it and, and and think about your outlook on it then how can we ever make any change toward it So just really framing the content delivery of you know of the course from that um, from that DeI lens will help to create a more inclusive environment to where students even if their faculty member, doesn't look like them, they still understand that the faculty member believes that it's important for us to be discussing it. Just understanding what diversity, equity, inclusion looks like in the classroom, even if you're a Caucasian woman in a nursing classroom, you can still create an environment of diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Because if you are a supporter and you understand the importance of DEI, it can make a big difference for you know those minority students. And so, I do believe that there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, and so, I think it's time for us to move. The conversation and move into the execution of it, and 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 so that is something that you have to be intentional about. Um, you can you can provide all of the education, all of the discussion, all of the reading, etc. But until you are really trying to figure out how to implement those changes, the impact will not be made. We've got to move forward and we can't just talk about it. We have to be about it.
1: Thank you for listening to A Nurse First from Sigma. If you loved this episode, do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. For more information about A Nurse First and Sigma, visit sigmanursing.org. Until next time.